wants to try my 18-layer dip. It's got beans, cheese, bird seed, guac, chocolate chip. One warning, if you're allergic to uh, peanuts or bee stings, I wouldn't eat it. What are you talking about? Who the hell are you talking to? Charlie Blackman is the batting champion, more like the ugly champion. If God doesn't like the Broncos, then why is the sky blue and the sunsets orange? Stop shop for your Colorado Sports Brief. I'm your host, Matt Kennedy. If you want to go ahead and do so, if you have not done so already, follow the ACE Sports Podcast and Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasting stuff. Some of the best interviews, analysis, conversations, and uh, and talks with some of the best head coaches, broadcasters, athletes, and of course, analysts and journalists from around the state of Colorado covering everything from professional sports to collegiate sports. So we're bringing back another episode, talking some more college basketball on today's show because the CU Buffaloes picked up a big win over Oregon last night in Eugene, 82 to 78 was the final score in that one. He stopped a two game skid. CU was writing tough two losses to USC and UCLA from last week. Today, we're talking with Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, who was on the call last night in Eugene, where he is currently, he'll be on uh, road to Seattle on Thursday when the Buffs take on the Huskies from Washington. But before we bring in Mark, let's recap last night's win because it was it was pretty significant and uh, actually had some bigger implications than you might think. One, it was the first win for CU on Oregon's home floor since 2013, nearly 10 years. It also ended a 13-game streak between the two teams where the home team was the winner. So, big road win for Tad Boyle's squad who had an immense difficulty winning there in the last Nine years. Number two, CU was down 15 points at one point in the first half and then was down by as many as nine in the second half before turning uh, the game around when they went on a nine to nothing run to tie the ball game up at 57 apiece. They would later go on a seven to nothing run to take the lead for the first time the entire game. Evan Batty did so with a three. He finished the night with only eight points, but he made some clutch shots throughout the night as it went on. The top score for CU was Jabari Walker. He was a complete beast. Tad Boy said exactly that. After the game, he also had 11 rebounds, which completed his ninth double-double on the season. Other big players, Keyshawn Bartholomew had 19 points, including going 9-for-9 9 9 from the charity stripe. And then, of course, Tristan De Silva had 15 points. He shot 66.7% from three, which really helped out in the second half. The game started out rough, like really, really rough, because the Ducks got out to a 13-0 lead to start out the game before CU scored the first bucket and then got out to a 15-point margin, 20-15, to 15, with 14 minutes to play in the first half. That was the biggest lead of the game for either team. CU would cut it down to five at the half and then battle back to win the remaining 20 minutes of play. We'll talk to Mark about about this in just a second, but the victory for CU uh, was their first quad one win in the NCAA's net rankings in six opportunities. The net rankings are a key metric for the NCAA tournament committee and the buffs should have at least uh, have a couple more chances to earn some more wins in quad one down the stretch, including Oregon and Arizona, both scheduled to visit Boulder as well as the Pac-12 tournament. The next game up is against Washington on the road tomorrow in Seattle. Not a big challenge for the Buffs, but you can't downplay in a game, especially in the Pac-12. The Buffs down the Huskies a couple of weeks ago, 78-64 to in Boulder. They held Terrell Brown Jr. to only 12 points and 4 for 16 from the floor. But since then, the Pac-12's leading score has averaged 21.8 points per game in the last four contests. He leads the entire conference with 20.9 points per game. So on this home court, on his home court, he's going to be CU's primary target to securing the season sweep over the Huskies. So with that, let's bring the man who's going to call that action, Mark Johnson, the voice of the CU Buffs, to talk some CU Buffs basketball here on ACE. 
All righty. Well, back again on the podcast, of course, Mark Johnson, voice of the CU Buffs. Mark, you're on the road right now. Uh, how's it going? And um, how's your day been? Well, it was a heck of a win last night. I mean, I, I saw the list of the top five comeback wins on the road for Colorado. And I realized that uh, out of the top five, I think I called three or four. And uh, so that was a pretty special one. And, and I got to yeah. be honest with you, Matt. When they went down 20 to 15 early in that ballgame, it was 13 nothing at one point, then 20 to 15. You know, and, and Oregon's hitting shots and, and uh, you know, open looks, covered looks, off-balance looks. And I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to be Colorado's night. And you got to give credit to this young team. I mean, they, they've been very good in close games this season against lesser teams. And, and we've seen that against high-level teams, against UCLA, USC, Arizona, Tennessee, UCLA twice, in fact. You know, they've been able to battle and, and it sometimes put out a, a, a very good, you know, effort, but couldn't get over the top. So to do that last night against Oregon, who was as hot as anybody outside of Arizona, I think, in the Pac-12, they'd yeah. won six straight games. To do that, then do that on the road, I, I was awful impressed with this young basketball team. Well, look, and I'll, and I'll give one more for you. I mean, two straight losses, you know, to, to USC and UCLA, uh, winnable games too. And then, of course, that 15-point deficit, like you already mentioned. But also, Mark, you talk about the, the the net rankings, and it was the first quadrant one win. Not a lot of people can really know about it. We'll kind of have some time to explain it. But but why else was last night's game so important for Tadboyle's squad to steal from the Ducks on the road? Well, I think what they learned, Matt, was you know the higher you climb on the ladder, so the, the the greater the competition, you know the margin for error shrinks massively. Yeah. So they were able to play some close games against good teams, not great teams, and close the deal and do so still making a mistake or two here and there, where when you're playing against a team like, like Oregon, you know, you really have to eliminate the mistakes. Now, now with that being said, it wasn't perfect last night. Absolutely not. But they played very good defense. They rebounded, you know, very well in that ball game. In fact, I'm looking at the box score here. Uh, let's see. They went plus eight rebounding last night, still had 17 turnovers, but we, we all saw, you know, last night in that ball game, they, they had issues with the, with the press that, that, Oregon was putting on, despite the fact, by the way, they had to prepare for it three times because the game got canceled on December 30th and January 3rd, and they finally get a chance to play it. So they didn't play perfect, but they made key plays. I thought they played as a team last night. What I mean by that, they had 17 assists last night. That matches their season high. So there were so many things about that game that I, that I was impressed by. And, and, you know, listen, when you're a young team like that and you get to experience that level of play in a hostile environment and, and get over the hump. I, I think there's great value that, that comes with that, that, you know, uh, will, will certainly aid them down the road. Well, I'll throw one out, uh, throw one more out for you too. The ducks, they rarely lose at home, especially against CU first time winning in Eugene since what, 2013, the game That's was right. narrow, especially in the second half after CU went down, um, was it 13 to nothing start out the game. Then they eventually tie it up at 57 when, uh, when they went on that one nine to nothing run. Uh, with 12 yep. minutes remaining in the game. Evan Batty came through. He gave them their first three, their first lead um, of the night. He made some clutch shots at the charity stripe in the final seconds, but the night belonged to Jabari, uh, Jabari Walker. 20 points, 9 for 11 from the floor. Mark, who else stood out to you last night in the win? Well, n- number one, by the way, uh, in regards to Jabari, um, great player, as we yeah. well know, who is growing greatly as time goes on. The The other thing about that is, is this. Um, he was having such a big game because of what was happening defensively, all right? Sure. What Oregon was doing, um, Evan Batty was pulling their bigs, whether it be Dante uh, or, or, or Kepnong, the, the two 6'11", 7-foot guys, pulling them out 
which put a smaller player in that Oregon lineup on Jabari Walker. And so what they were doing, they were inverting their offense, which gave him a great opportunity. And, and so Tad, Tad was talking about after the ball game, going into that contest, the game plan was, well, put Jamari in the block where he is a load, by the way. I mean, he's a beast down there. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if he've got a six foot ten guy. He's just tough down there. And, and it was going to be a mismatch all night long. And so the numbers reflected that. Uh, outside of that, I, I think there were a lot of guys. I thought Luke O'Brien came in and gave Colorado some very nice minutes. Uh, had a couple of great defensive stops. Uh, got a couple of big rebounds out there. Had a three-pointer last night. I thought he played very well. K.J. Simpson continues to improve as time goes on. Uh, Tristan DeSilva was very good last night. I mean, really, when you look at it, there's there's a lot of lot of fingers you can point at in that victory over the Ducks and say, that guy was good, that guy was good. Yes. I mean, th- this team's growing, and, and we yes. knew it was going to happen. I said off the top, I think, with you at one point in time, I said, you know, and, and I was just echoing Tad, when he said, listen, th- we're probably going to lose the game, we probably shouldn't, we'll probably win a game, we probably yes. shouldn't, because this team's going to be inconsistent, but it's going to grow and learn as the year's going on. And, and we all know. Tad Boyle's teams get better when the season as the season progresses. We learn that over 12 years. So this team's getting better. And then we got to start thinking about the postseason too and the Buffs will, how they were rank heading into the Pac-12 uh, tournament, hopefully the NCAA tournament. We know how much these uh, back-to-back losses against USC and UCLA, they hurt at the time. Those quad one games remaining on the schedule will play a big yep. part in CU's destiny. Mark, which games on the remaining Pac-12 schedule stick out to you the most? Which ones do CSU, uh, or does CU need to pay attention to as well? Well, you know, it's the old cliche about, you know, take care of every game. Obviously, they got to continue to win. But listen, Sunday's game's a big game. That, that's a quad one game coming up on Sunday at Washington State. So yes. there's your next opportunity uh, right there. So after the Washington State, you've got Oregon right away to quick turnaround. Oregon's your first game back on, on February 3rd. That's when you got to take care of. You got to go on the road. You got a Stanford game on the road. You've got Arizona coming to Boulder here uh, in, in just a few weeks. So I think those maybe three or four games right there are really big for Colorado if they want to continue to build you know, that, that resume for the postseason. And then you talk about the game on Thursday. Hopefully another win's on the docket for CU. Travel to Washington, take on the Huskies in Seattle. Mike Hopkins' team has won three of the last four. They did suffer bad loss uh, against Oregon on Sunday, so now they're 9-8. and eight, But they do feature a stud player in Terrell Brown Jr., 20.9 points per game. Leads the entire Pac-12 in scoring. How tough is this game going to be against uh, CU? Because they can't overlook them, but against the, uh, the last game against CU in, in Boulder, I think they held him to about, what, 14 points, and he only shot made four out of, out of 11 field goals. So they know how to withhold him, but on the road, it may be a different story. Yeah, without question. And obviously, you know, I've known Mike for 20-some years, uh, being with him at Syracuse back in the day. And, and listen, he's a good coach, too, and, and, and his team's getting better. I mean, there's talent on that squad. When you look at Washington, in fact, when they walked out of the event center here uh, two, three weeks ago, I looked at Scott Wilkie, my partner, and I said, what's wrong there, man? Because there, there's some talent yeah. on that now, now, the matchup with Brown uh, primarily was uh, Eli, Eli Parquet in that ballgame that was able to kind of put the clamps on Brown. And Eli is obviously a great you know, perimeter defender for Colorado. And so he's going to be along with, uh, I think, uh, Nick Col- uh, I always go back to Dominic Coleman from years ago. Nick Clifford uh, has got to be on top of his game. Those guys have got to do a good job on him. They've got to learn to deal with that zone defense that, that uh, Washington throws out. You know, it's the same as what. Mike learned from Jim Beheim at Syracuse they used. Because remember, Colorado had a high number of turnovers against that defense, which they shouldn't. Not, not, not what that defense represents and how you're supposed to go about attacking it. So there's just a couple of things they have to look forward to. And yeah, that's not going to be an easy one. Make the mistake about it. I, I point to Washington State because it's a quad one opportunity, which Washington is not, but you still got to win that ball game. Absolutely. Well, Mark, we always appreciate the time, appreciate the knowledge of the game, and we look forward to the call on Thursday. Uh, Washington taking on CU, and then eventually they'll be back home. Um, for some big quad one games. Mark, appreciate it and have a good call tomorrow. You bet, man. Always good to be on. Yes, sir. 
As always, thank you and big shout out to Mark Johnson for joining us today on All Colorado Everything. Make sure to listen to him tonight on KOA as he calls the Buffs and the Huskies. And I believe that game has a 9 p.m. tip-off time from Seattle, Washington. As for today, that is all she wrote. Make sure to follow this episode along with every other episode on the All Covered Things Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasting stuff. We'll see you guys on Friday. We're talking with Sarah Bettinger of Locked On Broncos and Predominantly Orange to hopefully talk the new Broncos head coach. Is it going to happen today, tomorrow, or are we just simply going to talk about who are the, the big three remaining candidates are in the Broncos head coaching search? We'll see you guys then. Happy Wednesday. Peace. Peace.